As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. I want to welcome you all here. Welcome those that are in the house, those who are online. It is Easter and we have filled the house. Praise the Lord. I'm going to start with something that may be a bit unusual on this great Sunday. I read this survey, and it's the top 21 things that people can't get enough of that this is what the answers are on the screen. So take a look at this. I think we're going to agree with number one. Is anybody with me? Sleep. It's a commodity. It's something I just can't get enough of it. I know this survey was taken in Chicago because of number five. <laughs> Actually, it probably could have been number one. Thank God for the sun. How about a little me time? Anybody up for a little me time? Boy, we are so selfish, aren't we? <laughs> and then laughter, number nine. Now, let, let's take a look at number 10 for a moment. Cuddles. Cuddles. That's what I need more. I need more cuddling. Some of you are looking at the list and saying there ought to be something a little extra with that cuddle, but you stop that. <laughs> we got emotional support, which is good. We got, you know, variety in our diets, not today. And number 19, chocolate. Don't stop it right now. You got enough chocolate, and by the end of the day, you're going to have too much chocolate, so you've had enough of that. We all could use another good cup of coffee. But what's not on the list? Oh, you gave me that church answer. This section right here just rose the roof. We could say it in a lot of different ways, couldn't we? I mean, this is representative. Hey, religion ain't on the list. Church ain't on the list. Jesus ain't on the list. Is screamed out right here. The resurrection isn't on the list. But it's on the list today. Are you hearing me? Because we're here to celebrate, that's what we've been worshiping, is the resurrected Christ. And Jesus has resurrected, the tomb is empty, that's what we declare today. And that truth has changed my life. I know that truth has changed many lives. And if you're wondering to yourself whether you're here or online and thinking to yourself, I I'm just not sure. What are they so excited about? What's the big deal? You've come to the right place because we're starting a new series that's entitled Resurrection Stories. And these stories are the post appearances of Christ that, that Jesus' resurrection, he went and he met some people and their lives were changed for eternity. So go ahead, if you have a Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 24. If you don't have a Bible, no problem. You can either, if you're in the house, you can grab one from a seat back nearest you and turn to page 885. That's where the story is. Or you can follow along on the screen. Love for everybody to see this story in the scripture. So important to see that it's recorded for history for all of us. We're starting a series. It's called Resurrection Stories. The next five weeks, including today, we're gonna look at stories like this of Jesus' resurrection and how Jesus' resurrection changed some other people's lives. Today, we got two guys on the road to Emmaus. And so these two guys, their lives were changed dramatically as we'll see and understand their story by the end. 
I want to give you five reasons why we need, all of us need more resurrection stories. So let's go ahead and let's start in verse 13 of Luke chapter 24. Let me read the passage to you. It's long. Hang with me. It's a great story. It's a true story. It says in verse 13, that very day, excuse me, two of them, there's the two guys, they're going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they had been walking. This was the first Easter. Look at verse 14. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, look who shows up. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what's the conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And, and they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas, he answered and said, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to him, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus in Nazareth, whom was the prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. So they're thinking back to the Friday. Look what they say next. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, and now the third day since these things have happened, moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and then when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of an angel who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with him, with us, went to the tomb and found it just the, as the women said. But him did they not? They didn't see. He said to them, Jesus did. O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into glory? And begin with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us hey, for towards evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in and stayed with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it and he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Father, I call out to you now on this day. And I pray that you would enlighten and open our hearts to what the scriptures say. I thank you for this story that it's recorded for us, that we can see how Jesus' resurrection resurrected these two men and how it can resurrect us. For those, Lord, that have a resurrection story, may they be encouraged. For others who are seeking and stepping forward, Lord, may you lead them one step closer to writing the chapters that you desire as we open ourselves up to your word. The scripture says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. amen. Okay, so I've got five reasons. Reasons why we need more resurrection stories. The first one, if you're a note taker, it's this. They explain the significance of the cross. So that's what a resurrection story does. It's a true story. It's a personal story. It's a story of life change. It, it recognizes, it explains what had to go down on that Good Friday. What was it about specifically? Now, as we pick up in this story of these two men, it's interesting 
because we know one name, Cleopas, that's the first person that we see, and we don't know the name of the other one. The Bible doesn't tell us. So we don't get a lot of information about these two guys. We only know that they're walking and they're talking on the very first Easter about what happened on Good Friday. And all of a sudden, who shows up? I mean, Jesus himself. And look what Jesus says. He says to him, hey, hey, what happened these days? Well, what things are you guys talking about? And they said to him, and we learn a lot, they talk about Jesus of Nazareth, and they say he was a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word. So they recognized that he had done some miracles. And I wonder if they even had seen a miracle themselves that Jesus had performed. But he, they said this, how our chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. Now, what we learn here is that when they say are, we, can, we figure out that they're of Jewish descent. So these guys were of Jewish descent. They knew about the Messiah, but they didn't recognize the significance of what the cross meant. They were looking back and wondering, and the text says that, that they were sad. I remember when I didn't recognize the significance of the cross. And I saw, when I would go to church, I saw Jesus there and him on the cross. But I didn't understand its significance to me. Here we get a window and a glimpse into these guys' story and seeing it develop right before our very eyes. I love this quote. It's helped me. It's from a theologian named John Stott. And John Stott, he said this. He said, before we can begin to see the cross as something done for us, we have to see it as something done by us. Amen? What does he mean? What? He's talking about the truth that, that what the truth is that you and I should have been the ones on the cross, but Jesus took our place. That's the gospel. And we can't, we can't embrace the solution until we recognize there's a problem. What's the problem? Well, the problem was sin. And Jesus had to go to the cross to pay the penalty of our sin and pay the penalty and the price that we could never pay. That is the gospel. These guys didn't fully understand it. They didn't understand the significance of what had happened and what had taken place that day. Second reason why we need more stories? Well, it doesn't just end at the cross. It's about the empty tomb. And so what does the empty tomb do? Well, the empty tomb validates the reality of our resurrection story. Resurrection story validates the reality of the empty tomb. That's what our story does. Our story explains the significance of the cross as you tell your story, and it does what? It, it validates that, that, that he wasn't there. And so let's take a look for a moment and look at the scriptures because what happens next is these guys, they start giving us more information about them. Again, they were of Jewish descent. Look, they say we had hoped that he the Messiah was the one to redeem Israel. So they were expecting an earthly rule. They were expecting an earthly reign. So these Jewish people, they were hoping in a Messiah that would come and set up a government that would make things right in their land. But that wasn't why Jesus came. The Messiah came not to set up a rule in the land, but he came to reign in individual hearts. And that's the difference. That's what these guys didn't understand in that moment. 
what you understand today and I, we're seeing it again develop. And look what happened. They said that some of the women, they, they came early and they were at the tomb in the morning and when they didn't find his body, they came back saying that they, they'd seen a vision of an angel who said that he was alive. Now let's stop for a moment. Why is it that the women always get the spiritual truth before the man? Anybody with me? Women say hallelujah is right. I just heard it right here. The women just seem to be a step ahead of the men. Guys, let's get it together, man. Come on, let's go. You came to church today. Let's recognize that, that there's spiritual truth and there's great significance to the cross. And, and there's, there's an understanding that our resurrected stories, it, it plays a big deal in trying to help us validate the, the empty tomb. Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, I, I, I mean, Jesus wasn't there. I mean, I mean, how do we know for sure? And, and if that's you and you're thinking yourself and you're, you had a couple doubts and you're wondering, is it really true? Well, I got to tell you this. Jody and I, we got on a plane. We went to Israel. Here's a picture of us on the screen. This is Jody. Now, you can actually visit. This is the tomb. I mean, you can go there and you can see where Jesus, where, where the tomb is. And, and I just want you to know, Jody and I looked in. He's not there. I just, he's not there. I mean, I looked in for you. You're saying, oh, come on. I looked in. I'm thinking, I got, I got to prove this to all the people in Chicago. I got to come back and, 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 and I can tell you're not buying it right now. He ain't there. But honestly, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I know, but, but I got some doubts. And Is there anything you can tell me besides what it says in the scripture? And If you don't believe me, how about the historian there was a sec secular historian, and his name is Josephus. And he wrote this in the first century. So he didn't have any skin in the game. He's just a historical figure, a historian, who's writing about the day's events. And remember, he's doing it within the first century. So he's to be trusted. It's of the historical record. This is what he says about Jesus. He says, now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man. For he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. Again, this secular historian. He notes when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men amongst us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him, at first they didn't forsake him. For he appeared to them alive again on the third day as the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 under wonderful things concerning him and the tribe of Christians so named from him are not extinct to this day. There it is. We got evidence outside the Bible to confirm the Bible that the Bible is true, that here's evidence that Jesus from a secular historian rose from the grave. I mean, our stories, they validate the truth of God's word. Third thing is this, why do we need more resurrection stories? Good stuff so far? How about this? Resurrection stories, they, we just said, they, they, confirm, they confirm the credibility of the Bible, that, that your story and how God has changed your life. Don't miss it. Backswing thought for the message. Jesus' resurrection resurrected them, and Jesus' resurrection can resurrect you. 
And your life, it, it, it confirms the credibility of the Bible story. And, and that's what we see. So let's pick it up again in the scriptures because this is kind of interesting. Jesus looks at him and he says, oh, foolish ones, a slow heart. And remember, they, they can't recognize him. They don't know. And, and he says, how have you, all that the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that, that Christ, I mean, in the Old Testament, wasn't it necessary that he should suffer these things and enter in his glory? And so Jesus is, he's kind of testing him, if you will. He's like, come on, guys, let, let's go, man. And, and isn't it pretty interesting that Jesus meets them, he walks with them, he meets them right where they are, he answers their questions, he gives us the next step. I mean, he hasn't stopped doing that. He's been doing that ever since, and here we see him doing it to them. And then look what he says. He says, it starts to explain some things. And the scripture says that he began with Moses and the prophets, and he interpreted to them all the things in the scriptures concerning himself. I wonder what he said. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, they didn't recognize him. They didn't know it was him. I don't know if he had a disguise on it. And, and then he just starts quoting the scriptures. And, and these are scriptures they learned and that they had heard and that they knew. And it says in the scriptures that their hearts burned when they finally understood. And I wonder where he turned. Maybe it was to Genesis chapter three. And you say, why Genesis? Well, Moses wrote the first five books. And so Genesis chapter three is about the fall of mankind. I wonder if Jesus said in Genesis chapter three and he made him look and said, hey, look, here's the first recognition that God was gonna send the Messiah. And here's the first prophecy. It's a bit veiled and we have to look hard to find it, but, but God was providing the solution to the sin problem right there in Genesis three when it came. Or maybe, maybe he turned to Numbers 21. If you grew up in church, maybe you've heard this story that, that Moses was in the wilderness and, and Moses had this kind of crazy, he's got this pole and he lifts it up and the people are dying in the wilderness and it's a bronze serpent and, and Moses lifts it up and, and he says to the people, he says, he says, if you look here and look at the bronze serpent and, and believe, boy, that sounds like foreshadowing to something, doesn't it? If you believe, he says, you'll be saved and you will not die. And isn't that the same thing? I wonder if Jesus said, just like the cross, what you guys saw on Friday, and just like Jesus, the Messiah, had to be lifted up because he paid the penalty of our sin, and he was the one and only sacrifice. And, and anybody who looks at him and believes, or maybe, I don't know, he turned to Isaiah 53. And so here's another scripture written hundreds of years before Jesus came. And that scripture says that he was pierced for our transgression. It says that he was crushed for our iniquities. It goes on to say that, that by his wounds we are healed. And then it says that he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep to his shears, and, and he did not say a word. Or maybe it was one of the other 300 prophecies that are recorded in the Old Testament. Yeah, I said 300 to talk about the coming Christ. And Jesus fulfilled all of them. Can you believe this? I mean, it's, it's literally mind-boggling. But these guys are walking, and they're talking, and they're talking to him. And, 
And our stories confirm the credibility of the Bible. I gotta be honest, I didn't start reading this book until I was 27 years old. And I haven't put it down since. In this book, it says that it contains everything you need for life and godliness. And I stand here as a testimony to that truth that, that I don't worship the book, I worship the God of the book, amen? amen? That he's the one that I wouldn't know who this God is and what he's truly about if I wasn't able to read about his character and his kindness and his grace. I mean, this book, it, it, it's what we need. I love how Elizabeth Elliot, and she's right here from, went to Wheaton College many years ago. I love what she says about this book. This quote has helped me. She says, the word of God, I think of as a straight edge, which shows up our own crookedness. We can't really tell how crooked our thinking is until we line it up with the straight edge of scripture. Isn't that true? I mean, we, we just don't know exactly until we know what God's word thinks. We, we've got to line it up to here. We're talking about more stories. And in this series, we want to see resurrection stories. We want to hear about stories. The scripture says the righteous are as bold as a lion. And so resurrection stories, they explain the significance of the cross. They certainly do. They reveal to us the truth and the reality of the resurrection. And let's see what's next, that they not only confirm the credibility of the scriptures, but here, I've been walking around it, it's, it's almost like the bullseye is that this is what needs to happen. Resurrection, they ignite spiritual transformation. And so your story for his glory it can ignite spiritual transformation in someone else. And that's what we see here in the human heart, that that's what our stories can do. And I love this part because what comes next, look with me in the scriptures that all of a sudden these guys are like, hey man, come on, stay with us. And, and, and he's like, no, I gotta go. And he's like, no, no, come have dinner with us. And what was it specifically? Put your thinking caps on. What was it that revealed? How did these guys finally figure it out? I mean, what was it specifically? Well, the scripture tells us. And it says that when he was at the table, he, he, he took the bread and it was custom for them. He took the bread and he held it up and he broke it. And just like I'm holding my arms right now and, and my sleeves are coming down, I, I wonder if it's, it was that precise moment when they recognized and they saw this nail-scarred hands and they recognize, no, this is him. This is, this is the one that, he was the one on the cross. This is Jesus. This is the Messiah. If you look at verse 35, interestingly in the scriptures, as the story ends and as they go and they tell the other disciples, it says in verse 35 that he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So I don't think I'm pressing the text too far to say, just as he went like this, the light bulb went off. And they recognized who this man is. They recognize that he was the savior and they recognize their need for a savior. I've stood on this stage for the last many, many years and since the start of our church 23 years ago and I've told my resurrection story over and over again. And so I'm not gonna bore you with the details but Jody and I, when we first got married, we were only a year in and Jody was going to divorce me. And she was going to divorce me. I was doing some things I shouldn't be doing. If she was here, she would probably say she wasn't doing some things she could have been doing. 
But we were like, hey man, let's just, this, this, let's just pull the plug. We didn't have kids. We were just only married for less than a year. We're like, this is going to be easy. We don't know anybody here in Chicago. Let's, let's just forget about this. And we found ourselves in a pastor's office. And that pastor, he said to us, he said, well, you want to talk about the marriage and how much of a mess it's in? Or do you want to talk about the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers? Do you want to talk about the truth of who Jesus Christ is? The forgiveness that's available to you on the cross because of the empty tomb. And Jody and I both looked at each other, and I'm telling you, with tears in our eyes, we just said, hey, give us the Jesus thing. And that's what he did. And, and ever since that day, I can point to the precise moment. I know the exact time. I know where I was standing. I could take you to that exact place. And God's been writing a new chapter ever since. He's been just writing a chapter upon chapter. And I know your resurrection story, he wants to write some chapters in your story too. That, that God's in the business of transforming lives. And this resurrection is, is the key that, that believing in who Jesus is and what he's done writes a story that you could not write as you place your faith and your trust in him. For today is the day of salvation, that you can have a story. So we're gonna do this. We're doing what we call the resurrection story. I don't know, it's kind of like a survey or a little bit of a hotline. And what I want you to do is I want you to pull out your phone right now. For some of you, that's not a problem. You've been on the phone the whole time. Playing word game or something. Like, just pull the phone out. We want everybody to participate. And what we want to do is we want to kind of put the, we want to take a survey to find out where people are at. Hopefully, you can hear our heart in this. We've been doing it at all of our locations, at all of our services. Pull out your phone, and I want you to text a number to this number. And so, text us. Please do it. I, I just ask you, we want to kind of get a, get a handle on where everybody is at and kind of where our church is at so that we can move forward in the best way. And so this survey, text number one, if, if, if you're a Christian and you say, I have a story, and man, text us and, and boil it down. Tell us, you know, when, when was it? Maybe put the year or the circumstance that was going on in your life. We wanna just, we wanna praise God for your story. So text number one, if you are a Christian. Text number two, if you're not a Christian, but, but you're interested and hey, I, I wanna learn more. And just text us right now, number two. And, and maybe the truth of the matter is, you're like, hey, I'm interested in, in finding, I'm, I'm just not sure, but I, I'm interested in finding out about what, what, what kind of story that God's writing in my life. Text us number two. Text us number three if you want to become a Christian. And maybe you're like these two guys. And, and this is the, the recognition. Maybe you never thought about it like this before. That, that what? That, that Jesus went to the cross for me and and so all you need to do is admit that you're a sinner and believe that, that he came and that he rose again. I mean, that's what Easter is all about. And then, and then confess him for who he is, Savior and Lord. And, and Texas number three, we'd, I'd love to pray for you by the end of the service so that you can make that decision. I always say it like this, that one decision can, can change all the decisions in your life in a good and a powerful way. And then you'll appreciate this. Take Texas number four if you're like, no, thank you. Nope, don't want this. Somebody dragged me here. I gotta be honest. Not sure what I'm doing. Hopefully you can appreciate our sincerity. That, that what? I'm not interested in this, man. I'm not interested in this story thing. And so we, honestly, we'd love to hear from you. And what you may be surprised by is that I can remember when I was in that very same spot. 
And I can remember when I would have texted number four and I'd have said, no, thank you. I don't want this. And, and I'd love to pray for you. We would as a team and that God would continue to reveal himself. And then Texas number five, good stuff. Are you going to do it? Texas number five, if, um, you know, if, if you want to renew your faith and you're just like, hey, Easter and it's time and I, I kind of hear my heart in this. I kind of joke around a little bit, but, but you know, after the service, people are going to go, oh, man, Easter, yeah, I just haven't been living for the Lord. I'm just making decisions. I'm doing stuff. It's really dumb. And Oh, gosh, it's Easter again. I got to recommit. I got to recommit. I did it last year and the year before. Every Easter, I'm going to recommit. J- just stop for a moment. Nowhere in the scripture does it say, Jesus never said, recommit yourself to him. You know what he said? He said, Surrender. He said, surrender yourself. And so maybe this is the Easter, the Texas number five, and that renewing your faith means I'm gonna surrender something specifically to him. And, and we'd love to pray for you. And then lastly, Texas, the word baptism. If you'd like to get baptized, if you've never been baptized as a believer, we wanna see more people get baptized in this series to hear more stories. Were those stories not amazing that we heard today? I mean, baptism's all over. And so just go ahead and and text us. Again, we just want to get a little window into the heart of where our people are and where you are and give us directions. So where we're heading in the weeks and the months ahead that, that we want to help you take your next step in your journey as you believe, belong, and become like Christ. Last, what else do we need? Well, one more reason. One more reason why we need more resurrection stories. And I love this one. It's because they inspire others. They inspire others to spread the gospel. They inspire others to share their stories so that other people will come to faith. And so that's what we see next. And I didn't read these verses to you. Let me read them to you now. It's at the end. And it says specifically in verse 33, And they rose that same hour, these two guys that we don't know much about, and they returned to Jerusalem. So they took the seven-mile run back, and they found the 11. And those who were with them gathered together, and they said, the Lord is risen indeed, and he's appeared to Simon. We'll talk about that one in the next couple weeks. But they told what had happened on the road, and there it is, how Jesus was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So think of it this way. I mean, the disciples would go on and they would tell countless others. They would give their lives for the gospel, sharing it and spreading it all over. And as a result of their step of faith and them sharing their story, generation after generation, other people shared their stories, which leads to us. And so we wouldn't have a story if the disciples weren't faithful in sharing their stories. Amen? But it all ties back to these two guys. I mean, I never thought of it like that. These are the two guys that, that they gave them credibility and they, they shared their story and it influenced those disciples that they would go forward and share with others. Hey, the scripture says you've been entrusted with the gospel. Did you realize that? You've been entrusted with the gospel. The scripture says that, that you've been entrusted with the gospel for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to everyone who believes. You've been given a story, a resurrection story to encourage and strengthen the people God has placed around you, even right here in our church. So how about a challenge? Anybody up for an Easter challenge? 
two people are up for an Easter challenge. I know what the rest of you are thinking. Well, tell me what it is first, okay? Well, hold on. This is the challenge, okay? I want to challenge you that when you get up and after our closing song, it's going to be awesome. Worship team's going to come and they're going to bring it. We're going to worship it. When you get in the lobby, that, that you wouldn't just talk about, I don't know, where you're going to lunch or you wouldn't talk about whether or not the Easter bunny came, that, that you wouldn't do that and, and, and that you would instead share your story. And so maybe you just might talk with someone and somebody you don't know and just say, hey, do, hey, do you mind if I share my, ask them first, ask first, <laughs> ask. W- w- would you mind if I shared my story? And if they gave a, you know, kind of, yeah, and, and just give them the three minute version. Are you hearing me? <laughs> three minute, if they go like this, if they start rolling their eyes, land a stinking plane, okay? <laughs> Why? Because you want to hear their story. Or maybe you'll just say, hey, you know what? I, I got a story, but I, I just love to hear your story. Maybe you'd open it like that. Anybody up for that challenge? Hey, let's do that. No, that sounded pretty weak. Anybody up for that challenge? Let's, let's, let's not just, let's just not go our own way. And let's encourage one another. And the truth of the matter is, maybe your story will encourage somebody else as God is writing a chapter in their story. Maybe God will divinely put you into a situation where you'll be talking and you may not realize it, but you have more in common than you would think. Our stories. I mean, we want to see more resurrection stories because this is the result. They explain the significance of the cross. They, they validate the reality of the empty tomb. Like, that's what we do. We, we confirm the credibility of the Bible. Hey, you've never thought about it today, but your eternal value is so much greater than you think. Oh, I just flip burgers over at McDonald's or hey, I'm doing these sales and traveling all over. No, that's not the sole purpose of your life. You're igniting spiritual transformation in human hearts. I mean, you can inspire others to spread the gospel as a result of your story. So as I invite the worship team forward, we're not done. When I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand your feet with me, I want to thank you for texting in. And so I actually, on my phone here, I'm hearing some of the results. And so I want us to stand together and I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads with me. And so I want to pray for each of us. I want to pray for all of us, but specifically for those who've texted in right now. We got six people that want to get baptized in this service. Is that awesome? Come on, man. We've got people that, that want to make a decision for Jesus right now. Texted number three. We've got people that, that want to renew their faith by surrendering. So I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. And maybe you didn't text in. But maybe you're in need and want to make that decision. I want to give a chance for you to do it too. And so take a moment and quiet your heart before the Lord. And just all of us, let's just say this in your own words from your heart. God, I know you sent your son for me. And he paid a price that, that he didn't deserve. He died on a cross for my sin. And God, maybe this is the first time I'm recognizing the significance of what that meant. And Father, I'm asking that you would forgive me for the ways that I've let you down. Lord, I'm tired of running things and doing it my own way and God I need more of you and I recognize I admit that I'm a sinner and, 
And I praise you for who you are and what you've done. And the scripture says if we confess our sin, that Jesus is faithful and true to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I surrender myself to you. And maybe for you it's the very first time that it's a full surrender. Just speak to him now. Talk with him. Tell him specifically what area of your life that you're giving over to him. The scripture says, draw near and he'll draw near to you. The scripture says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He is in this place. For those that want to make a decision, just say to him now, God, I want to embrace what you've done on my behalf. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what that's going to do. But I'm looking to you and I'm trusting in you that your spirit will come and you will lead me and guide me. Father, I pray for each and every person and our hearts are rejoicing because we've come here today to celebrate resurrection stories and those resurrection stories all come from one story, the greatest story ever told. And we recognize today and affirm in our hearts that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and that he went to the cross on our behalf and that he rose from the grave on that third day and that Jesus, the Messiah, he is seated at the right hand of God and the scripture says that he's making intercession for us right now. Let's praise the Lord. Say amen in Jesus' name. Let's worship our King.